welcome back everybody to another episode of the basement binge an episode that has been in the tunnel in the in the in the process for over a year now as is expected animation hall of fave cannot happen without being interrupted this is animation hall of fave 3 now we're going to get into the episode with how to train your dragon i just have to tell you guys something because i i can't help but laugh at it Every year, I set out to do Animation Hall of Fave, and it is interrupted, and the plans fall apart because of some external source in my life that I can't control, including this year, getting sick. And before this, Animation Hall of Fave is supposed to become at the beginning of the year, in January and February, and maybe a little bit into March. I didn't really start till March because I was so busy with school at the beginning of the year, so it was delayed. That's fine. I thought that maybe the delay was all I would have to deal with this year. But right as I was finally getting animation back, animation hall of fave back up and running, uh, I had a wonderful weekend about a week and a half ago where um, on a Saturday, my wife and I, we have two cards. We're, we're lucky enough for that. But one of them is this Camry that we love. It's got close to 350,000 miles. It's taken good care of us. 2001 Camry. It was parked in front of someone's house, a friend of ours, and someone rear-ended it pushed it up onto the curb about 20 feet in between two trees, smashed over some rocks. It, it was bad. The car was totaled. That was devastating. While it is the other driver's fault and they stuck around so we can get an insurance claim, it's a 2001 Camry with 300,000 miles on it. We're not going to get a lot back. And we are not in a position to afford a new car. So that was really, really stressful. My parents felt bad for us, so they invited us over for Sunday dinner. We drove there in our other car, still with a little bit of stress of how we were both going to get to work now down to one car and what we were going to do, but we were just pushing through. And we're at dinner. My dad had to leave for a meeting, and so he backed out of the driveway right into our other car uh, within less than 24 hours. So that was how the week started. Uh, it was quite stressful. Things have been resolved. I'm all right. We got a rental car now from our car that was totaled. We were able to find and purchase a really nice car that it ended up working for the goods. So Things have worked out, but that's why I have been absent because all the time that I would have been able to invest in editing and recording episodes was invested into dealing with car insurance and getting a rental car and applying for an auto loan and purchasing a car and registration and all the things that it goes about dealing with that. So it has been a ride. I guess if I want my life to be calm, I shouldn't do Animation Hall of Fave, but I, I love animation, so I'm going to truck through it. Anyway, that is a long enough introduction. I just thought that was funny. I mean, it wasn't in the moment, but I can look back now and laugh, especially that it interrupted Animation Hall of Fave. So I guess that's just the way things go. Now that story is fitting for this episode you're about to hear. This episode, How to Train Your Dragon, was recorded over a year ago in the beginning of the year of 2022 with Matt and Rob, originally to be released during that Animation Hall of Fave a year ago. That's when I ended up quitting my job. I ended up going back to school completely made a change in my life, and that brought a screeching halt to Animation Hall of Fave. So while we recorded the episodes and reviewed them, and they were supposed to go in conjunction with Kung Fu Panda, I wasn't able to edit and record them. So they are finally here. Thank you, Matt and Rob, for your patience. I'm excited for you to hear our review of How to Train Your Dragon 1, 2, and 3 from a year ago. And then we'll get back to the recent reviews happening with some exciting things like WALL-E, another movie that Matt recommended from Matt Goes to Movie 9, some Pixar's with The Incredibles, and then I'm really excited for the new Super Mario movie coming out, and Suzumi, in addition to some other great movies we're going to be reviewing. So that's Animation Hall Free. That's Animation Hall of Fave Volume 3. This has been a long enough introduction. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for 
enduring with me. Let's hope that there aren't any more interruptions for Animation Hall of Fame Volume 3, and we'll keep our fingers crossed until Volume 4 comes around. Anyway, that's enough for me. On to past Harrison. On to the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, back to The Basement Bench. Welcome to another episode of Animation Hall of Fave, Volume 2, continuing with the How to Train Your Dragon series trilogy, also continuing with Matt and Rob joining me here. Thank you to both of you for coming again. Thank you. Yeah, I had a great time with the first one. I'm looking forward to the second. Yes, myself as well. So let's just get right started into it. Um, into Two Cents, which is the first segment here of The Basement Binge, which is completely spoiler-free, our knee-jerk reaction to the film, what we think about it. And I don't remember who started last time, even though it was only two days ago. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, you can go first, and then I'll go second. All right. So, uh, spoiler-free reaction to this movie is I love it. And what I love about this movie that I think a lot of these movies fall into when they're a trilogy or there's four of them or however far you get into the series, this movie does not backtrack. I feel like a lot of animations movie animation movies run into that problem where everything that happened in the first one they end up in the right spot. There was character development. They realize the error of their ways or whatever the case may be. And then for the sake of making the second movie or for the sake of having comedy in it, they fall right back into the same thing that happened. And it's like, what, where did everything go that you learned in the first movie? Um, I love that this movie does not feel like that. It feels like across the whole this movie grows in a naturally progressing way and the characters, you know, they learn from what has happened and they're not making most of the same mistakes that I feel like these movies get into. That's, that's what I appreciate most about this movie is the actual development and the continuation of growth in the characters that you've, you know, started to really form an attachment to. Yeah, well said. I'll just immediately follow you up, Matt, because I, I agree with you. It it takes everything to the from the original that was really good, right? Great characters, really, really fun dragons. We in the last episode we talked a lot about how good the dragons are as like characters and a part of the film. They continue with all of that. Uh the characters are just as fun, but they're like you said, Matt, nothing is like reset. They in in fact the challenges emotionally or physically whatever they are are a continual progression they're new challenges not necessarily that it's like 
bigger or like that annoying, like, oh, we got to go bigger type of thing. I mean, it is, but that's not necessarily the reason. It feels like just a a, a very progressive challenge. As you go throughout life, challenges increasingly mm-hmm. grow, and this is very, very real. Uh, on top of that, the animation is even better. I it's I'm impressed to see how much what is it four years can do yep uh seriously this animation is incredible uh it's just as funny the music is just as good if not better uh and again like we talked about in the last episode there's incredibly great themes uh and rich emotional depth to it and so it's you you know sequels are difficult and as far as sequels goes this is a really fantastic one because all of the things that were a home run about the first are definitely here, if not a little bit better. And uh, it was just as fun. Really, really engaging. So, so that leaves you, the, Rob. Yeah. So some of the things that I think work really, really well about this are some of the reasons why when we get comic book movies that decide to skip the origin story and go right to the action um, are, you know, I like some of those same things for the same reasons. These characters are already developed. We don't have to spend the entire first movie getting Hiccup and Toothless to become best friends. They're already best friends. And not just best friends, but partners. And and you truly believe that these two would die for one another. 100% you believe that throughout this entire film, um, that they completely rely on one another. They, you know, they, they are the, the yin to each other's yang, um, and that they don't spend any time apart and don't have any reason to want to spend time apart. And I think that's really the things that work well about this are the things that you can only really do in a sequel. There's certain things that there's certain relationships that are progressed from the first film um, that, you know, Harrison, we've kind of talked about this before, but the way that you do your, your episodes where you're binging whole series, sometimes when you watch these movies in real time, when they only come out once every four years, like with this series, you sometimes forget some of the things that had just happened. But when you binge them start to finish, um, you know, like we had kind of done with Pirates of the Caribbean last summer, you know, you get a different appreciation for where those relationships truly are, where they left off and where they continue to. Um, and I think that's, you know, between Hiccup and Astrid, uh, between Hiccup and Toothless for sure, and kind of the rest of that crew. Um, I really like some of those things. I do think I, I want to disagree a little bit with what Matt said. I, I do think there are some lessons that are still not learned from the first film particularly between stoic and and hiccup i i still think there's a little bit of a case of the adults not listening to the kids or people just not communicating at all or just spitting out what it is they have to say um to kind of prolong some of the some of the conflict in certain areas um but as far as just having an absolute blast watching a movie um yeah, if you haven't seen this one and, and you're looking to try to just, if you're listening to these spoiler-free uh, two-minute uh, you know breakdowns, uh, yes, definitely. This one's on Netflix right now. Go stream it. It's worth it. Yeah, well said. So obviously, I all of us really, really enjoyed the film. So yeah, this next segment is going to be kind of hard, which is Rummage for the Rotten, which is a segment that I just do want to have guests on the show where we guess who will be the Rotten. The Rotten is the individual who likes it the least, gives it the lowest rating, even if that lowest rating is five out of five. Um, at the end of the show, we'll all rate it out of five reels to carry it over from Matt's show. And then we will know who's the Rotten. But right now, we're going to guess. We're going to take turns guessing who is the rotten Matt? I'll let you go first. Cause you, 
you're pretty strong on your guess so far. Okay, so uh, I do think just for whatever reason, it will be Rob. Um, more so based on now the fact that, well, this sounds egotistical. He disagrees with me. Um, <laughs> so, so um, but not in that way, but just because I think maybe we have a little bit of a different opinion on how this movie flows, I think. Um, and I think that might knock maybe a, a few smidgens um, off his score. Fair enough. All right. One vote for Rob. Rob, since you were voted for, you can go next. Um, so I disagreed with Matt a little bit on something earlier. I will not disagree with Matt now. The rotten will be me. Okay. Well, three for three. I also was going to guess that it would be Rob. So. <laughs> you know, last episode was too much. We got to get back to Rob ruins everything. So <laughs> back to formula. Yeah. You, I mean, you picked a great movie. To, I mean, the first one is so good. There's so few things um, that if you're just truly analyzing it for what it is and not through the lens of the fact that it is it is a children's movie, there's almost nothing to pick apart. Yeah, it was a great episode. So, all right. Well, we were going to get into the rest of the episode here, get into spoilers, binge points, or rain, all that thing. But before that, I wanted to give Matt and Rob both a chance to talk about Anything they'd like, really, but mainly Matt goes to the movies. Uh, so, Matt, the floor is yours because I, I appreciate you both of you being here so much. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's always a blast. We we mentioned it last episode. It's been a little bit of a, a tick here since we were all together. Uh, Rob and I have certainly done some episodes, but it, it's been quite the spell since uh, the three of us have been, you know, able to do something, even so to the point where we've, you know, kind of skipped over what was our our normal tradition for Marvel series, um, not being able to cover Hawkeye. So uh, to be able to, to do these three together, um, you know, eventually how to train your dragon three. And then, uh, you know, coming up on Matt goes to the movies. We're going to be doing our top 100 video game episodes. It's, it's really cool to kind of be back into the swing of things, so to speak with all three of us here. So um, Rob, I'll let you, you know, talk about Matt goes to the movies a little bit here before we move on in, in the basement binge segments, because you've been a huge part of that show as well. Um, and you got your own little thing that I think uh, there's another episode coming up soon. Yeah. So um, Matt just re- uploaded a couple of solo episodes on uh, comic book movie month, as he calls it. But it's it's call it what it really is. It's bad comic book movie month. Um I had the distinct pleasure of joining for Daredevil, and um, uh, we we also covered uh, made the new Matrix Resurrections um, and Batman and Robin, which is one of those so so bad it's good kind of kind of things. Um, it was a lot of fun to do. There's there's still a few more out there for you to listen to, and then uh, we also have uh, a, an upcoming episode in the extended podcast universe, as we call it, which is a little spinoff show that uh, that I host with my younger brother. Eric and uh, he puts together a curated playlist of every episode that we cover, uh, which those are a lot of fun too. Uh, which really, if you're if you're listening to something on your phone, you should be listening to either the Basement Binge or Matt Goes to the Movies. But sometimes you just want music. Uh, sometimes when you're on the treadmill, that's probably what you want if that's the sort of thing that you rock out to. Uh, so his playlist that he puts together are really a blast. They're they're a lot of fun to listen to, and he does a great job putting them together. So I recommend those as well. Yeah, they they are sweet. I agree with that. So thank you again, both of you, for being here. This has been a blast. Last episode was fun. I'm excited for this one. So 
Let's continue on in the segments here. But before that, I have to mention that this is Animation Hall of Fave 2, if you've been listening since the beginning of the year. February is the end of it. The end of February will be the end of Animation Hall of Fave 2. So there is a giveaway happening right now for a free movie and a movie gift card. A first place winner will get their choice of any of the movies I have reviewed or will review during this animation season, digital or physical copy. Second place winner will get a $10 movie gift card to a movie theater or streaming service of their choice. So to do that, you simply just have to leave a review on podchaser.com. Go to podchaser.com slash the basement binge, leave a review. You can leave a review on this individual episode. So even if you've left reviews before, there's still a chance for you to leave more reviews. Every review you, uh, Leave gives you another entry into the giveaway. So that will be linked below. Again, it's just podchaser.com slash the basement binge. Reviews help out the show a ton, help other people find it. Really, it helps out the show a lot. Additionally, you can win a movie. On to the next segment, pick your poison. This is the rating scale here at the basement binge, which is kind of rigged towards my particular taste of enjoying <laughs> movies, as we talked about last time. So instead of giving it five reels, which we're going to do later, the pick your poison is all about the bingeability of the film according to my personal grading of it. So there's four options. To never watch it again, which is self-explanatory. Above that is to stream it, meaning it's on a service you're already paying for and, and you're kind of just browsing and you'd, be, you'd click on it. Uh, above that is rent it digitally or physically in the right circumstances. You'd be willing to fork over $3 or $4, whatever it is. And the top of the list, you probably saw it coming, is to buy it, own it, watch it as many times as you want. Full price doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'll go first because mine's really simple. This is easily a buy, like I talked about last episode, as part of the trilogy. This wouldn't necessarily be a movie that would be on the top of my list, like, oh, I want to get this as soon as possible. But it would be one of those movies that's just kind of like in your forever wish list where it's like, hey, if this is ever on a good deal, I would get it. Uh, and I did. That's exactly what happened. And that's what I did. And so reality meets rating here um yeah it's a buy just just because i really really do enjoy these films i haven't really enjoyed them for this episode i'm gonna enjoy them again additionally i love uh bonus features particularly for animated films so that's another reason that always incentivizes me to buy them so yeah again very uh what's the word i'm searching for uh my mind just went blank uh leaning very much towards my uh hobby of collecting movies so Rob, we'll let you go next to Pick Your Poison. So like I had stated on the last episode on the first uh, film for How to Train Your Dragon, I don't I don't typically own a lot of movies. Um, it's just not it's not something that I, I just don't have the space for it in a lot of cases. So for me to own something uh, really means something a little bit different. Uh, the two of you guys both love to collect movies, and that's awesome. You know, I, I wish I had just racks and racks and racks that I could put, you know, books that to make me look smarter than I am. Or, or DVDs. In, in most cases, it's it's going to be like you know mostly Xbox and PlayStation games. Like that's what's mostly on my rack. Um, and I don't rewatch a lot of things that I've already seen. Um, I've I'm so far behind on so many things I haven't seen that I I don't really rewatch a lot of stuff um, that I've already seen unless it's for the purposes of being on the basement binge or, or being on Mac goes to the movies. Um, so my my that's why i love your rating scale because it's something different for every person uh for me i i enjoy this series so much i really enjoy the progression of these characters i love being able to see that from start to finish they do go on a journey it's not like a lot of other animation where you know particularly like you know uh, kung fu panda is a great example they do go on a journey but they're 
they're animals, so you don't really see the age. You don't really see the physical changes in them the same way you do yeah. with, with humans. And I really enjoy seeing him go from a teenager to a young man to in the third film when he is, you know, he's the chieftain um, and he, he's an adult. He's, he's a full grown man. Um, I really enjoy that and being able to have access to that. Um, I actually own this movie, but if I didn't already own this movie, because I think my aunt got it for my kids for Christmas one year, this would, this would be a, a rent. I would definitely plunk down a few bucks, um, you know, in the, in the right circumstances. If, uh, if it was something the kids wanted to watch, uh, and we were kind of going start to finish on them, it, it, I have no problem throwing down a couple bucks to be able to watch this movie. So Matt, I'll use you. All right. So, um, you know, last episode, How to Train Your Dragon, I said it was a buy. I was able to pick it uh, up the trilogy pack at Best Buy for $19.99. Um, and I, I hope I explain this in the right way. But I do feel like this movie is a buy, particularly in the vein of now with streaming services and the way everything is now. Uh, but back when it was, you know, before streaming service boomed and it's, you know, everywhere now. And does anybody have cable anymore? Is that even a thing? Um, or is it just you subscribe to five different streaming services to get all of your content? This is one of those movies that I would buy because I'd want to support the studio to mm. get a, you know, to, to get a sequel um, and have it hit where they would want to. Uh, so for me, um, it, it's a buy and I, you know, just, as times are changing, um, you know, it's sometimes less and less likely that people are going to buy something because chances are, you know, it's probably on one of the streaming services that you are subscribed to. I'm subscribed to one five myself. Um, so I, I do think though, that there is a reason to purchase this movie even still in, in today's medium. Wow, you know, I've been doing Pick Your Poison ever since the Basin Binge started two and a half years ago coming up on. And I have never, like, thought of it that way, which is dumb because I literally <laughs> buy movies to support <laughs> studios. Like, that is genuinely a train of thought that I have in my real life. But for whatever reason, that never uh, came into the Basin Binge before. Man, you guys are, like, training me on my own segment. <laughs> but, uh, I agree with that. That's a that's a great rating. That is definitely a reason that I would buy this is to, to reward the studio for making good movies and to show them uh, what they can continue to do, right? So, wow. I'm getting learned over here. So let's move on to the next segment, which is Live Up, where we talk about our expectations going into the film, particularly if we've never seen it before, then was it able to live up? If we have seen it before, and with this film that is now 10 years old, oh, oh not quite 10, eight years old, um, what is kind of the legacy that is left behind? Maybe the trilogy we talked a lot about this last time, but just does it live up to any expectations that we had about it at all? And uh, let's have uh, Rob go first with this. Um. So I hadn't seen this in a while, and I was very excited to return to it because I, I had such a good time watching the first film. I've got great memories of the things that kind of happened in the second film, the progression of the characters into the third film. Uh, my recent viewing did not live up to my expectations. Um, they're rotten. <laughs> yeah. 
So right around the time, and we're we're in spoiler territory now, right around the time where Hiccup's mom shows up is kind of where things fall apart for me. Um, it's the whole scene is just kind of weird. I kind of had forgotten that. Um, and just so many things just don't make sense. I'm going to go ahead and just ruin something for a minute here. So let me get this straight. In the middle of a dragon attack on the village, um, one of the dragons just decides to stop making morsels out of all of the tasty humans running around and play goo goo gaga with a baby because reasons. I, I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, and and I just I hate when movies introduce like a scar or a tattoo or some kind of distinguishing characteristic in a sequel that was never talked about or present in the first, and they just kind of invented for the second. I hate it. They did this in the second Mummy movie. I hate it. It, it, it bothers me. Do not um, talk about Rick O'Connell. <laughs> I I love me the Mummy series, by the way. I do. I love that series. It's so much fun. Um, and just the whole decision by Hiccup's mom to just peace out. It's it's hard for I I acknowledge there are terrible, awful parents out there, but. I'm fortunate that I don't have any of them in my life. And I'm just thinking about like, if, if my wife got carried off by a dragon for the decision for her to just kind of stay there and be like, no, nah, I'm good here. Um, <laughs> as opposed to trying to get back to her family, like my wife would crawl hand over fist over miles of broken glass to get back to her kids. Like my mom, probably about the same, like my mother-in-law about the same. My sister-in-law, you know, the my my brother's wife, like, yeah, to get back to my niece, yeah, like, swim through acid to get back. And she was just like, nah, I'm sad. They don't like dragons. I think dragons are cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back. I'm going to abandon them. Like, I just, it, it took me completely out of the movie. Again, I acknowledge there are some terrible parents out there. And if you're listening to this and you have a bad relationship with your mom or a bad relationship with your dad, I, I genuinely feel bad for you. My heart aches for you because that was, fortunately for me, that's not my experience. And I, I acknowledge that there are people out there like that, but it just, it doesn't, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, and the, I, I feel like the villain's goal is really not clearly defined to me. Um, he wants to kill dragons. He wants to control dragons. He wants to use them for weapons. Like, I'm never really sure where he stands with them. Um, so there's just some things that I kind of forgotten just don't really make a lot of sense and don't really work for me. While I also acknowledge that there's things that I love that happen in the sequel that are continuations of great relationships that I that I love, like I said, Hiccup and and Toothless together, it's one of the best like bromances in cinema. It's fantastic, and one of those characters doesn't even talk. It's great. It's up there with R two D two and C three PO. Like it's <laughs> it's awesome, um, and it's a shame that. Like I said, about two thirds of the way into this movie, things really start to fall apart. Um, and then dragons have spike buttons. Like she just taps a button on the back of Toothless, and all of a sudden, boom, new spikes. That's lame. Like there's just there's little things here and there about two thirds of the way into this movie that are uh, inexcusable to me. Like, and I just it just took me right out of it. And it really like there's some great battles at the end of this, and it, I was already like I I don't care anymore. 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go second because I think that I, you haven't said a single thing yet, but I think that I'm going to end up between the two of you. Like, I feel like you guys are going to be on either end of the spectrum. And I like, I already kind of have prepared what I'm going to say. So I'm curious. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I do think for me, this movie did live up. I think there's, you know, uh, again, a natural progression here. Um, and not to get too personal, but as someone who is still waiting for his dad to come back with that gallon of milk, um, <laughs> I, um, I do think there is a way, like, I do think there are some parents there, like all, all kidding aside, uh, with the mom, I, I think there are some parents that they love their kids but there's just a really different way. Like they don't know how to show it. I don't think they're inherently bad. Um, so maybe just because of my own personal experience, I can maybe see, you know, where this happens and why this mom is, is gone. Um, maybe that sounds weird or, you know, I don't want to get too personal about it. Um, but I do, this movie lives up. I think the animation improved. I think the story improved. I do like the fact that Rob, you mentioned it because it's humans. You can see the growth in the character. I mean, think about how many times, you know, in, in Shrek, I mean, look at the, you know, the longest running TV series, um, you know, the Simpsons, when have those characters ever aged, they, they've been on the air for how been in fourth grade for 30 years. Right. It, it, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, that was one of the reasons why I kind of, you know, got away from the Simpsons is because they're never, they're just, there didn't seem to be any growth in, in that show. Uh, granted, I still, I still think it's, it's good and I can, you know, turn it on every now and then, but with this, you know, they follow, okay, it's five years later. Now hiccup is 20. Um, I do like the fact that there's, you know, there's the growth in the animation. You can see that he is older. I, that all resonates with me. Um, so this, this does live up for me. Okay. Well, I was right. I am going to end up right in the middle between the two of you. Uh, <laughs> there were parts of it that a hundred percent lived up and there were parts of it that did not, uh, the parts of it that did particularly the animation and visuals and sound of this, particularly the camera movement. Like it is amazing to see how much four years of technology can allow these animators to m use a camera in new ways. And I love the way that they do that. Like Rob mentioned, some of the battles at the end, like we almost get like X-Wing style shots of a dragon going in over an army on the ground. Like that's sweet. Um, really, really fun. I, so I love the animation. I love the characters, how they physically grow, but how they mentally grow. Like I, particularly the side characters, I love the relationship that happens of course, between Hiccup and um, Astrid, but I also love the, just the relationship between Fishlegs, Snotlow, and Roughnut. Like, just the two of them trying to be with Roughnut is hilarious to me. I, I don't know why. I just, I just think, like, it's a very real progression of relationships and, like, how friendships change over time. Like, everybody had those friends where you were just, like, platonic friends, and then suddenly everyone was obsessed with the one. And, anyway. Um, so I, re I really like that. I love the mom being introduced, I think that that really, really is interesting uh, and could have been a really interesting character and some of the time is, but 
I agree that when she says, oh, I could never go back because they didn't, uh, like, some people never change. Like, it it never mentions how she ever tried to change Stoic. Like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so I forgot. I thought that she was going to be carried away by a dragon, but then come back and Stoic wouldn't change. But she's just, like, carried away, and she's like, no, he'll never change. Like, she just kind of makes up her mind before ever trying, which I thought was weird. Uh, it kind of took me out of it. The other thing that just didn't live up was that this, the, so the last film was was co-directed by two directors, um, Dean DeBlois, and I don't remember the other one. He's the director of Leland Stitch. I know that. But he's not here because he was working on The Croods. And I think two directors on films like this, particularly that expand with more characters and more dragons, need two directors to kind of balance everything, like just oversee everything. Because sometimes in this film, it feels like it's like, if it's, I imagine one person in my head running over to like one location. It's like, oh, we got to deal with all the stuff with Astrid and, and the and the all of her dragons wherever they're located. Oh, now we got to run over here to to Hiccup and his parents, and it, it like it feels a little bit disjointed. Like, there's a good pace to the film. It's not that. It's just that like the scenes feel very much separated. Uh, I mean, they are physically separated, so there's that part. But it's just in my head, I just imagined like a director kind of running from one place to another i don't, I don't I, that probably isn't even related to director what do i know about directing animation <laughs> it's just yeah just something that didn't didn't live up as much as that it wasn't as smooth of a pace so yeah yes it totally exceeded my expectations in some ways particularly emotionally um i'm really excited for falling in this episode so yeah i mean right in the middle which is and not where i expected to be <laughs> <laughs> So I'm interested in what's going to happen in this next segment, which is just for animation season. Lame, fave, or fame. Hello, everybody. You're all right. Simmer down. Simmer down. Thank you. Okay. This, in this supposed hall of fave that I made up, in this entry that I've chosen, is it worthy of fame? Where it, it should be recognized and loved by everybody uh, or appreciated in the history of animation or cinema or whatever you want to call it? Is it worthy of fame? Or is it the exact opposite where it's lame and not deserving of that entry and, and, and total flop? Um, or kind of in the middle where it's a fave, where it's one that is maybe just personally loved and you recognize that not everybody's going to love it, but you do. Um, I am going to put this... Ugh, this is so hard. I'm going to put the, if this were a standalone film, let me put it this way. If this were a standalone film, it would be a fave, just 100%. I, I, there's a lot of things that I love about it, but I also recognize it's not perfect. It's not particularly groundbreaking in animation. Like, it's really great animation, but I wouldn't say that there's anything that's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this anywhere else, or this was really, really new, except for maybe the camera work. Um, but as part of the trilogy, I think the entire trilogy, each one is deserving of an entry as a trilogy. Not like, not just that this one rides the coattails of the first, but that it, as an indig individual piece of a trilogy, the entire trilogy deserves fame, if that makes sense. Also kind of pulling the idea that Rob brought up last episode where someone came up to me and was like, hey, I've never seen How to Train Your Dragon 2, and I like the first one. Should I walk the, watch the second? I would say yes, without hesitation. So um, we'll go in the reverse order. Matt, you can go second. Um. All right. So while I like this movie a, a lot, I'll I'll preface that I like this movie a lot. I do think part of me doesn't think it deserves to be fame because 2014. I don't know 
how well you guys know this or the listeners 2014 was really really big for animated movies um do you know two other big time movies that came out in 2014 that i will like that i like better than this one i can't think of any but i'm very curious one of the kung fu pandas no well no uh big hero six oh yes oh that's good the lego movie oh yeah that's incredible um also which i really like this uh the animated dc movie justice league war was released Mm. um also son of batman which i thought was really really good and i really enjoyed this movie and i think it's probably odd um but the penguins movie came out um and i really enjoyed that so i think this doesn't deserve to be in the like the fame category because there were other animated movies that came out that i enjoyed more than this one even though i i do enjoy this movie I, i think if we're looking at it as a trilogy you could group all three together well i think one um for me was a surprise like for me one was a surprise that's why i think every like everybody should watch it i did not expect it to be as good and deep as it was but then when the second one came around i expected it to be like i expected it to be good and even though it was i still don't think it's as like eye opening as the first one if that makes sense yeah, I, I think that's really well said. Again, learning me on my own segment to think about the other films that were released that year. And, you know, you bring up Big Hero 6 and the Lego movie, and I feel like, oh. in, in particularly in regards to, like, animation, I would say, except for maybe hair, what this film does with hair is actually really impressive. Uh, I mean, they, they got all sorts of stuff in their hair, like snow and different shades of hair. Anyway, outside of that, I feel like everything that, like, stood out to me as far as the animation of this film. I could point out moments in the Lego movie or Big Hero 6 that does it better. Like particularly with camera work, big or the Lego movie, great example of a fantastic camera work in an animated film. So again, man, you guys are too smart for my own goods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those two films are both absolute bangers. I mean, if you've never seen those two, um please go watch both of those movies like immediately. So I'm curious now, Rob, what, is this a lame favor fame for you? Yeah, um, interesting question. So um, if you look at the trilogy as a whole, fame. Um, this is start to finish, watching those these three films together, absolutely fame. Um, breaking them down individually uh, and, and, I, and just kind of analyzing it for what it is. The second one, it's not lame. Um, there's parts of this movie that I specifically sat there watching it on my couch going, well, this is lame. This moment is lame. This decision was lame. The film itself, the characters I'm invested in, um, particularly every relationship between Hiccup and anybody else, I, I just love. And I'm Maybe not necessarily between him and his mom, because I just don't think it works. But him and just about every other character he interacts with, um, you know, I, I, I really like. And I, I'm invested in it. I want to see it. I want to see more of him with Toothless. I want to see more of him 
inventing things, building crazy wingsuits and armor and all the gadgets and, and the sword that he builds for this and the gas thing that explodes. And like, I just want to see more of it. I want to see more of what Hiccup does. Um, I want to see this character grow into a man. I want to see him grow into an old man. I want to see him when he's Stoic's age. Like, I want to see that. So every entry they give me, I, I'm, I'm here for. So as an individual entry, this is a fave, uh, not quite the fame. Sorry, I was muted. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that we're all in agreement here that it's this film definitely is enjoyable. And as a trilogy, this is one like uh, of an, film trilogies, not just animated trilogies, film trilogies. This is definitely one that should be remembered. Um, but as like, if we're going to have a Hall of Fame, this is not the one that's going to go up on the pedestal. The first one definitely is. Um, so, well said, once again. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to the next segment, Binge Points. This is Easter eggs, details, I don't know, behind the scenes things, anything else that you would like to mention um, that may not be necessarily fit into any other segment. And the one thing that I want to point out is the way that they, that, that facial expressions convey character in this so much, uh, particularly with Hiccup and Toothless. There's so many scenes where Hiccup just has kindness in his eyes like in a moment where someone would be really tense like when he's taken by his mom for the first time and he like ends up in her secret lair and all those dragons are around him and he like does his flame sword dance thing which is actually super cool um there's like really strong kindness in his eyes towards the dragons 
which I think is really great characterization. Like this, this clearly is a character who's competent and confident in what he can do in this situation and isn't going to end up in the loony bin. Um, the other thing with Toothless is like Rob said, like the, the relationship between Toothless and Hiccup is phenomenal. And I think that one of the reasons it sells that is consistently throughout the film, throughout action sequences, there's always uh, a little cut to a reaction of Toothless. And he's got the big eyes and a huge smile and his tongue's hanging out. Like, like they really do a lot to take the time to, to show an expression that endears you or shows a relationship. And I, it's just something I noticed throughout the entire film, and I think it works really well. Um, but do either of you have any binge points? Um, I I do think one thing that I was actually like really impressed with with this movie in terms of behind the scenes stuff. Again, like this is an animated movie, um, so I found this again very interesting. Is they actually took a week long trip. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Good Lord. Um, like they actually took a trip to Norway to study the land. Um, Oh, whoa. Which again, for, you know, an animated film to actually go there for an entire week to do research on it. Um, I think that shows the commitment that, you know, they, want you know they wanted to make a you know a, a worthy sequel um to the first one and that they were really invested in it you know they got the entire original voice cast to come back which sometimes you know can be rare you have changes or you see these movies where the first one starts off and then the sequel is you know new voice casting and it feels like a completely different movie so you know, I, I think just the dedication from the entire team to want to come back and, you know, make something that the fans would like and something they were proud of. Um, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is way cool. I think that's in my research of just DreamWorks film. I think that that's something that studio must do because they did something similar with the Kung Fu Panda films, particularly the second one. I don't know. Maybe the first one does really well. And then they're like, hey, let's reward our cast and crew and go to this amazing place and have it input into our film i i don't know but that that is sweet no wonder the film has some great location i think so. it, in terms of like just um little details and things like that that really stood out to me um there were really two and and one was from an animation perspective um when toothless is stuck in the water and he can't reach hiccup in the way that he you know he's kind of crawling out of the ice and he's he's you know trying not to drown um the way that that whole scene is animated is it's incredible. Um, you can, I mean, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. The expressions that they're able to create on, on his face and his, the way that he's communicating with his eyes and his expression, um, the just ferocity that he is uh, trying to get out of the water to reach his friend. Um, that scene I think is one of the best, in terms of animation of this film. Yeah. I mean, Harrison, you mentioned it earlier. Some of the things they do with hair, they've got snow in the hair, they've got ice in it. They've got all kinds of different, you know, different colors. Um, they have different braids. There's all kinds of just character details um, that make this, make this world feel lived in that make this world feel real um, and not just Xerox copies. Um, that was one that really stood out to me that I thought was particularly done well from an animation perspective. The other one that really jumped out to me, the individual design choices around each Viking's dragon. So now that everybody has dragons, like 
I, I even love the fact that they've got this old lady that's like the crazy cat lady of Vikings. We've got <laughs> 17 mini dragons, like, you know, like she's the crazy dragon yeah. lady. Um, I, I loved that choice, by the way. Um, but when you look at like the dragon that Stoic chooses and the dragon that Gobber chooses, yeah. it matches their personality so well. I loved those choices. I also really, it really jumped out to me the way that even their gear is, the, the saddles they use yes. to mount the dragon and ride them, so well designed. I, I think they did a fantastic job of, of matching each of those things to the characters. Um, I, th- I think it was really well done. I completely agree. Yeah. I, as far as I get quickly just talk about like a design thing um, that I love as well is just that the way that, um, I forget her name, the mom's name, whatever her name is, the way that she is just designed. Um, and her, I mean, Kate Blanchett also just does a great job with the voice, but particularly that scene where she's like dancing around the dragons, like just mm. what a great scene for your character. Yes. She's lived with dragons for what? 20 years. Clearly she knows their way around him and it shows like a, a majesty for dragons that the first film didn't have, which that it didn't need, but the, it like shows dragons in a new way, uh, not a new way, but in a, it expands what it shows about dragons. And I, I just really like that scene. I think that it was probably really hard to animate, I would guess, because there's so much happening in that scene, particularly with uh, like physics and wings. And I don't know, it like blows my mind that people could design that, but it, I love that scene. Um, yeah, any, any other binge points here? Um, I, I have one more because, again, like I think it's just it's fascinating. And the reason why this looks, you know, like the it looks better. Um, DreamWorks from the first one to the second one, um, they use what is what was called a scalable. And I, I actually breaking news. I took a note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um so they used what is called a, at the time a scalable multi-core processing, um, which was developed w- by Hewlett Packard. Um, and it actually enabled them to work on the images in real time, where in the first one, they had to wait eight hours to see what the results were. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is so, amazing. I was I was quickly reading through some of the trivia and it I, where, shoot, where did it go? It was saying that this was the first DreamWorks film to use their new uh, software um, through the entire production, and I, it doesn't really reveal what it is, but that must be what it is because that that is a that would be amazing. Uh, that is so cool! Wow, technology blows my mind. So yeah, I mean that's I mean think about that like just from a scene to scene basis, you're going through and like okay, we're going to animate this character here, this person's doing this, this you know, it, lock of hair is doing this, and then like. All right, well, we'll come back to the office tomorrow and we'll see how this turned out. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you can imagine coming back and all of a sudden it just being like, well, none of that worked. Let's let's get back to work and put that in and let's wait another eight hours. So, you know, the fact that they're able to do it in real time with this movie compared to the first one, uh, I, I think is why there was such an uptick in, in the animation. Yeah, and I feel like it was something that I, the bench point I expressed at the beginning was the emotions. I felt like maybe they had the freedom to animate more. I just quickly did some Googling based on what you said, and this is what the director said. Shoot, where did it go? He said, um, in the past, if you wanted to do something as simple as arch an eyebrow, 
You'd have to select the eyebrow from a menu and input what degree of arc you want, enter the numerical amount, and wait for that to render. Whereas the new system is much more intuitive using a stylus and touch sensitivity, where it's actually more like drawing, where they could just manipulate each thing in real time. Which, I mean, like, to just think about the first film, you know, let's, you know, like all the math needed to just animate an <laughs> eyebrow. Like, oh my gosh. So that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, any others at all? Okay, the last one that I just have is for the voice actor. I'm going to mispronounce his name. For um, Drago, Jamon Hansoon. Jim, I, I always mispronounce his first name. He's fantastic, but he has a lot of like preparation that he does for his voice acting, and one of those was this yell or this scream, <laughs> and the director heard it when they were doing the voice recording, and he liked it so much that he added it to the character of Drago uh, to control the big like to summon the dragons, which I, I thought was sweet. I love things like that. Also, just other random detail, Hiccup's left-handed, which I think is really cool. Um, the other thing that I'll add is that I love his map. Like, I don't, I don't know, what a cool thing for like a character to just have some, like, what am I trying to say? Some, like, passion that's very reasonable and realistic. Like, of course... If you had a dragon, you would want to go explore. And I just feel like it's good characterization. It, it, that, like the first film. The first film, they didn't spend 20 years talking about how Hiccup's so good at building things. Like It was just part of who he was. They don't spend 20 years talking about how Hiccup's super explorative. It's just part of who he is. And I think it's good characterization. Um, well, there's no other bench point, so let's move on to the next segment. Lease and likes is what we're talking about. Our least favorite scene and our favorite scene. And uh, Rob, I'll let you go first with your least favorite. So I've already kind of talked a little bit about some where it kind of falls apart for me. I want to get a little more specific later on. It's kind of the big climactic battle. And, you know, Toothless is, is kind of zombified. The, the evil alpha has him under control. Um, and there's some things that just absolutely make no sense at all whatsoever. So he's on a different dragon and, and he's getting close enough to sort of reach out and pet Toothless. The whole time, Drago, who has a spear, he's holding a spear, and he lets him do it. He just, no, go ahead. You can pet your dragon. By all means, go ahead. I'm not going to stab you. No, no, by all means, go right at You can pet him, pat him on the head. Like, it just defies logic. It makes no sense at all. And it, it just jumps right off the screen to me and bothers me. And then it just, just lets him break this mind control totally lame and he just twiddles his thumb because he only has one he's you know the other one's you know fake so he twiddles his thumb the whole time and just lets it happen and then right after that they he puts the uh, hiccup puts this blindfold on him but at no point do we believe that the mind control is based on like hypnosis or anything like that you know or it's visual like he puts the blindfold on for no reason at all and it seems like it's more like mind control than hypnosis like none of that was ever really defined so Though you know that that last scene, I mean, it's the climax of your movie. I mean, you want to get all these details right. You don't want you don't want anybody to be distracted or pulled out of the movie when this is the big climax. Um, so to me, you know, just those two details actually made that last bit my least favorite scene. Okay, fair enough. Very reasonable. Uh, that's one thing that I. Well, never mind. My brain just you know, died. Other, I don't remember what I was going to say. Go ahead. The other thing that I do want to add real, really quick about what, what I dislike about that scene, this movie doesn't follow its own rules 
for Toothless being able to fly on his own or not, because they established earlier that he can't really fly on his own. He needs hiccup with the, you know, his his prosthetic leg in the in the gear shift to sort of change the position of the of the tail wing. But they don't ever really follow those rules. Like he can fly on his own when they need him to. And then when the movie doesn't need him to, uh, needs him to falter or be a little bit vulnerable, then all of a sudden he can't fly. Like there's there's definitely some of that in that last scene too. And it's uh, a little bit scene breaking for me. So that's why I'm picking that as my least favorite. Very reasonable. It was a note that I had written down that I thought it was a great way to uh, kind of necessarily nerf Toothless to like not make him unstoppable. Like when you when your hero just is like overpowered, it is kind of uninteresting. And I think it would I, in the film. I was like, man, that is so great to make him have a vulnerability. And then later the film didn't follow it. So then I took I wasn't going to mention it, but here I am anyway. <laughs> so uh, Matt, what's your least favorite scene? All right. Um. So I, I would like to say that it's it's not a least favorite scene, but it is hopefully. Uh, again, I make this clear. It is what my biggest problem with the movie is as to why it's not as good as the first one. Um, so because it's basically revolves around the main villain of the movie. What I liked about the first one is they didn't truly establish that you had to be a villain in, in the first movie. I, I thought there was a lot of areas in that movie where it was just... You know, sometimes the most compelling person is somebody who you're like, well, I'm not supposed to agree with this guy or like anything he says, but I do. Mainly Thanos in Avengers. And he wants to wipe out half the world. For some reason, though, I don't know. if Some days I'm like, you're right. You got a point. You got a point. I I don't know if it's that cheese grater chin or what it is, but part of me just is like, all right, you're. you're not so bad um it's the fact that the villain in this movie could have been played like could have done anything else and if you break down this movie the way that they set up the villain it literally should have been the mother based on what this villain does and how like go back and watch this movie and the villain should have been the mother plain and simple um, yeah, and that's what I don't like is they it seems like they made a villain in this movie simply for the fact of making a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I was reading that it was actually originally planned for the mother to be the villain, but they ended up changing it uh, later on. I didn't give a reason why, but yeah, I think that that would make a really, really interesting character in the ways that we talked about how that character was weak. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And and I think that that would be a huge challenge for Hiccup in a good way. Right. Exactly. Makes a lot of things much more compelling if if that if they would have made that choice instead. Yeah. I think that, that this film is more of a challenge for Toothless than it is for Hiccup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like changing the villain would have made it a, more of a challenge for Hiccup. Uh, so, yeah. My least favorite scene is literally the dumbest thing ever, but it, it bothered me a significant amount. Uh, when Drago shows up at their ice castle and they like run out and they see just this gigantic army and um, 
the mother goes to do something and Stokes like, you know, what do you want us to do? And she's like, we protect the dragons. And then they proceed to then send the dragons into death and traps. It was like, why didn't you just fly the other way? Like you're in the middle of the ocean. There is 360 degrees that you could go any direction except that one. Uh, like, I don't know. It, it just was, I, I quickly moved on from it. Like I said, I enjoyed that fight scene. I thought the camera work was great. It leads to a really great emotional moment. I love everything that stoic does in that entire last sequence. But just for that one moment, it's like we protect the dragons. And then it was like, well, you're doing a pretty horrible job. Um, <laughs> You should try a little bit at that. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's my least favorite. But we'll just go in the same order with our favorite scene. So, Rob, what's your favorite? Um, you know, I, I wanted to pick one of the aerial battles. Um, we had talked earlier in the episode about how good those were. I mean, they really feel like full-on, like, fighter pilot battles. You know, fully-fledged aerial battles. Um, you know, it could be, you know... X-Wings versus TIE Fighters. I mean, they, they were really good in a lot of cases. Um, but the end of the funeral for Stoic is, is kind of where I want to go when Hiccup realized, you know, it's one of my complaints about the first movie was if you break it down to its barest components, if you strip away all the details and just talk about it in the most generic term possible, it's not a plot we haven't seen before. Um, and that's my that's my biggest critique about the first one. The second one kind of starts in that way. It's that same story of of a father or a, or a mother trying to pass on a legacy to the child who wants something different. They don't want to be in charge. They want to they want to make art or they want to dance or they want to do any number of seven hundred other things that isn't being in charge or running the family business. We've seen this in particularly children's films and children's TV shows. We've seen this 842 million times. Um, but I think where this movie really does kind of get you is when Hiccup realizes, you know, he's not he's not going to ever replace Stoic because Stoic was Stoic. He needs to be himself. He can do things that Stoic never could. And he, he comes to that understanding. Um, and, I, you know, he has respect for his father and what his father accomplished and, and wants to achieve the same things, but has a different way that he's going to do it. And it, it was really an emotional scene. I thought it was incredibly effective. Um, there's some very, very emotional moments in this film. That if you don't feel yourself kind of, you know, having your eyes water up a little bit, I, I question who you are as a person. You know, there, there's some moments in this film that, that got to me a bit um, in ways that I, I guess I wasn't prepared for on, on a random Thursday evening, you know, just to <laughs> all of a sudden have it hit me like that. Like, whoa, crap, where did that come from? You know, um, uh, those moments are, I think, where this film really does shine and where this series shines. Um, are those moments that, that last and that stick with you. Yeah, well said. To just add on it, when what you were saying, I love when... Uh, actually, never mind. We'll save that for Fallen, actually. So, <laughs> There's a lot Matt, for Fallen, I'm sure. Yes. So, Matt, what's your favorite? Uh, I, I have to agree with Rob. I really do like that scene. I like the fact that, you know, I, I, again... There is something very familiar about the kid who, oh, well, I'm never going to be you. And then the realization 
that, oh, I don't have to be you. I have to be me. Uh, but I feel like this movie portrays that epiphany, I'll call it, much better than what we're typically used to. Um, uh, like Rob said, you know, this is a kid who respects his father still and, you know, honors his father, but also realizes I'm, you know, I, if I try to be you, I'm going to fail. I, I need to do what I think is right, but still it's, you know, in no way, shape or form is he trying to disrespect what his father did before him. I think it's a very natural way that it happens, um, a very relatable way that it happens. And it, I, I do think there's a lot of emotion behind it. I really do like that scene a lot. Um, because I think the right, I think the writers get it. I, I don't think they kind of insult you in any way. I, I think they make you, you know, really think about. Okay, I, I think you can sit there and look at that scene and say, okay, what would I think in that situation? Where am I? How do I feel um, that I would want to, you know, honor this person that meant a lot to me? Um, and, and what would I do going forward? So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, well, you guys are saying it all. Um, that is also my favorite scene. Really obvious reasons why. Um, I want to talk about why and fall in, so we're about to move there. I'll kind of save my thoughts about why it's my favorite for that. I just briefly want to mention that kind of an honorable mention is the opening flying scene between uh, Hiccup and Toothless. I think that's some of the best visuals. I think the animation is incredible. Again, Roger Deakins consulted visually, and it, it shows. So... Again, I agree with you guys that the the funeral um, for Stoic is my favorite scene. And there's one of the things that I just want to point out that I love is that Stoic shoots an arrow on his own, not with yeah. his mother, not... I, I felt like that was a good thing. To, th this is Stoic's moment. Yes, everyone is mourning the loss of this individual, but the mother was gone for 20 years. Uh, Stoic mm -hmm. was there for 20 years. This is his moment. And then I also love that she wasn't emphasized in a different way. She was in line with Astrid and, and uh, fish legs and everybody else, because I, I don't know, there's just something about that that I really like you just said, Matt, the writers understood what that moment was for the characters that they had written it, but also emotionally for the audience. And they, they balanced it really well. So with that, let's just move in to fall in and talk about the themes or messages, which we're already getting into, uh, which I've been looking forward to. So I'm, I'm going to kind of start off and just kind of close out why I think that why that's my favorite scene. Is it one that what I almost said when Rob shared that it was his favorite scene is that Toothless, not Toothless, excuse me, Hiccup talks about how he didn't want to be his dad because he was afraid he couldn't. Uh, and I feel like that's fresh ground for this role that we get where, oh, the character doesn't want to do what his parents want him to do. And there's almost like a little bit of resentment towards his parents where here from the get-go of the film, I felt like it was a little bit of like... um What's what's how to how can I say this the right way that they he understood the weight of it he understood the responsibility of it and that's why he was hesitant that's why he ran away because he was nervous he didn't want to disappoint his father um, but then also at the end recognizing well I don't have to be my dad but there's also part of my dad that is definitely who I am I like how at the end he realizes he's the combination of stoic and his mother I'm I don't know her name <laughs> for whatever reason um, it starts with a V I know that um, okay. but he. Oh, thank you, Volka. He he's he recognizes these a combination of the two of them and how that will be a blessing in his leadership. I also like that right before that, what happens with obviously the death of Stoic 
and how Toothless is responsible for it. I mean, man, what uh, they had the guts to go for that, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But but also, I love that the Valka, the mother, says, um, "Good dragons under rule of bad people do bad things," or something like that. And I think that that is another moment where Hiccup realizes that he needs to be a good leader because good people under good leaders do good things. Um, and that a leader can make or break something, even if you have good people. And, and, and I just feel like that, that entire moment makes up Hiccup's decision to be the chieftain. Uh, I haven't seen the third film. And so I imagine going on as well in the type of chief he will be. And I, I it's just a really, really mature theme for accepting the responsibility of, you know, whatever responsibility falls on your shoulders as it's passed down and I really, really mature scene and handled so well. In the first film, there's so much of that father son relationship. And we talked about it in the, in the last episode. And I think you see that continuation here, particularly when a son has to um, deal with his father being gone. And and now that legacy does kind of pass in some way. And and you don't have to have a dad who's chieftain of a clan Mm -hmm. to sometimes have that pressure on you. Um, or, or feel like you have to live up in some way um, to what those accomplishments are. Um, it's it's a very unique balance, and um, I, I like a lot of what what that what that looked like here. Um, I, I think one of the other really interesting themes, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, <clears throat> but the beginning of this movie when we first introduced the concept of of drago this this villain that we don't really meet till almost two-thirds of the way into the movie um you know hiccups convinced that he's going to talk it out he's going to talk it out he's going to use his words and he's going to convince him that you know he doesn't have to do whatever he's going to do um peace is great and all but some people just suck like that's (laughs) how's that for fallen some people just (laughs) suck (laughs) and you can be nice you can do what you got to do um but if you aren't prepared for worst case scenarios as a leader um you're letting your people down um and some of the decisions they make in this movie about like the dragon trappers like make no sense at all um some of the decisions they make about drago like it's so optimistic and it's so idealistic and ultimately unrealistic um sometimes you just got to understand some people just plain suck and if you don't come to terms with that you're putting your family you're putting your people you're putting yourself at risk i think there's something that just sorry if i interrupted you man but something that Mm -hmm. i think is really awesome is that uh stoic talks like at the end with the funeral he says you know i'm not as good of a peacekeeper as i thought i was and I think that there's a little bit of his desire to be the peacekeeper that was a little bit uh, egotistical, you know, like, oh, I changed Stoic's mind. I can change anybody's mind type of thing. And I think that he realized the lesson that the truth in the lesson that Stoic was trying to teach him that a chief looks after his own and the balance of those two things. And I, again, just very, very mature, the realization of all the things that blend up to make Hiccup who, who he is. Um, Yeah, I I think, again, um, going from the first movie to the second movie, what I can appreciate is this movie's mature themes that are, again, you can, you know, Rob, your kids are young, like you've said in the previous episode. 
yep. you can sit down, you can watch this movie, and they can enjoy it. And they could be sad that the dad, you know, dies. But they can also, you know, or they can just have a good time and they can kind of brush right by that and whatever the case may be, depending on, on how they are. Um, but you can sit down and like you just said, you can feel a certain way about, okay, do I relate to Hiccup and how he feels with his dad passing? How do I live up, you know, potential, you know, or was he proud of me or whatever phrase you want to use or however you think of it. Like, I'm sure each one of us can sit there and interpret that scene differently, but none of us are wrong. Uh, and I just I appreciate the fact that, again, this is one of those movies where. You know, you can go with your kids and your kids can enjoy it for an entirely different reason. And then you can sit there as an adult and say, uh, again, like I watch this on my own. Harrison, you watch this on your own. Yes. Uh, you know, Rob, I did you say the kids sat down with you and watch this? No, this I ended up uh, we watched. I watched it on my own. Yeah. Like, you know, this is an animated kids movie i'm doing finger quotes here um that three adults sat down and watched and take uh, adult themes and messages from um and again i I don't always need that but i appreciate the fact that this movie it it, and this trilogy as a whole has that in in the background I, i really appreciate that i completely agree it's something that um, I haven't said this too much because then it would just be like straight up plagiarism. This other great podcast that I love that originally inspired the idea for an animation season on her podcast, she does something similar. And she always mentions in her season how her mission of her podcast and animation season is to point out that two things. One, animation isn't a genre. And two, it's not just for kids. And I feel like that that you just like said those exact same things, but you know, in your own words type of thing. Um, and I, I, it's something that I was not expecting. Like, how can I say this the right way? Uh, Fallen is a segment that I really, really enjoy. I, I've been just, it, It's probably the most rewarding segment of the podcast for me. And it's something that I'm always worried to do with guests, even though I've done podcasts with you before, and I know the type of conversations the three of us have had together. I'm always like worried, like, oh no, is this going to go as good as I want it to? <laughs> Uh, you know, like I hope to, you know, not that I'm like trying to control it, but you know, anyway, um, and it's something that I love that it, this is rewarding, that this is a conversation that is rewarding. And it's just, you know, uh, who knew this would be happening on a Thursday night, <laughs> <laughs> like Rob said. So, um, yeah, that one other thing, it's kind of just changed notes here really, really quickly. One other theme or message that i really loved is the the bond between hiccup and toothless and their continual reliance on other but particularly at the end when toothless challenges the alpha like how dumb would it just to be that like oh something happened he like randomly unlocked this power to challenge the alpha but when hiccup's like oh he's challenging the alpha valka runs up to him says um to protect you like the, mm-hmm. his motivation in that moment his power in that moment all comes out of a protection and love for hiccup you know, I've everyone's heard those stories of like there was a mom who like through adrenaline lifted a car because her child was underneath it. Like that is a very, mm-hmm. very real power. And I, you know, I really love that. I'm mean, on top of that, Toothless just looks sweet. Like what a cool design in that moment mm-hmm. with the blue light everywhere. Um, and I think that that like 
if I were a, a parent and I don't, I don't have kids yet and I, and I were watching this movie with my kids, that is one thing that I would want them to remember that when you have a bond to someone, there's powerful things you can do in that bond. Like that is a very, very worthwhile thing to remember and to, to be shown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any, anything else that either of you wanted to mention? Uh, I again, I'll just a, a real quick piggyback off of that. I, I do love that bond between Hiccup and Toothless. And again, it just feels, you know, it, it feels so natural. And again, respect to the writers. It's not just the. Everything is smooth with these two, um, you know, y- you can have friends and you don't agree, you know, a relation and you don't agree all the time. You don't see eye to eye a hundred percent of the time and things happen. Um, you know, sometimes one of your friends actually likes the last Jedi, like crazy. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes one of your friends will betray you in ways that are unspeakable, unfathomable, blasphemous. Exactly. Um, those crazy things happen. I've read about them. I I wouldn't know anybody that would dare (laughs) do that, but, um, you know, those, those things, they do happen. And again, this movie doesn't shy away from those things, even though it's a kid's, it's supposed to be a kid's movie. Um, so again, I just appreciate the fact that yes, you, you know, they go from these, you know, this person is not supposed to these two people. Well, I'll just call them people are, are not supposed <laughs> to be together. Um, they're not supposed to like each other. They're not supposed to get along. They're not supposed to form a bond, but they do. That bond is tested. But again, like sometimes, you know, you have to know when you're supposed to fight for it. Um, I, again, I just appreciate the fact that they don't take the easy way out with things in in this series. Yes, very, very well said. Just one other note that I'll add to that scene as well is that, that that as powerful as that moment is, as Matt was just describing, it's not something that like seriously alters their relationship either. Like as was just witnessed here on the podcast, like we're having a, a serious and mature conversation and then Rob makes a joke. Like it, and the, the, like just because we're talking about mature things doesn't mean that we don't joke anymore type of thing. And I love that literally right after Toothless uses this incredible power to burst open the ice and roar at the alpha he turns around with a huge smile with his big white eyes at, at uh, hiccup and like smiles at him in the same look we get throughout the entire film mm-hmm. and then goes right back to being really protective like it shows a genuine relationship and it's just great like you said matt i love it all right so now that we've had a great riveting conversation Let's get to the last, very, very last thing, which is to reveal the rotten end to, you know, full disclosure, we completely forgot. We were having a totally different conversation for a few minutes. <laughs> and then luckily Rob reminded us. So, yeah, yeah, sound might, uh, the recording might sound a little bit weird. Anyway, so, uh, reveal, ro- reveal the rotten. What, what, is, yeah, what are we trying? Yes, reveal the rotten. My brain totally moved on from what the podcast <laughs> um at the beginning of the show we all voted that rob was the rotten that he was going to be the one who liked it the least so now we will reveal our rating out of five reels carrying that over from matt's show whoever gives it the lowest rating is the rotten we'll have rob go last since uh we all voted for him including himself so i will go first i'm going to put this at a solid four uh the last one i had at a four and a half i'm going to give this a four uh just because I think that there's a lot of things that it does really, 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 really well 
and there's just a, a few things that that bothered me a little bit, but I would have no problem watching this again. And as you just heard, I had a great we had a great conversation about it. Uh, the animation is great, voice cast is great, visually impressive. I love the music. Didn't talk about that enough. This episode has great messages and themes. There's just a few moments where it stumbles a little bit. So solid four. But uh, Matt, you you looked at me like you're going to give it a four as well. Yeah. So I I I, I want to be clear to whoever is listening to this episode we did not plan this um <laughs> i also am giving this a four be i like for the exact same reason this is still really good um it, you know the stuff that works really well i do think outweighs the stuff that doesn't work but there's you know the fact of the matter is there is stuff that works and doesn't work in this one where really the first one there there was it, you really were like fine tooth combing to try and find a way like for me not to give it five reels um and i gave it four and a half but this is a four reel for me and i i can't remember really you know the last one we all said four and a half so far you and i have said four it, we're usually not this cl- like it, dead on with each other oh no like, like we have been with with this Normally, we're we're each like it, uh, one or a half away from each other in in either direction. So it's weird. And well, let's see. Yeah. And here comes Rob with his two like, to ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, there's things I really enjoy. There's things that once this movie starts to kind of fall apart for me, and it's about two thirds. It's basically the line you can draw is when once the mom shows up, that's where a series of things kind of start to fall apart for me. Um, I, I went back and forth on, on what I wanted to do. It's 3.25 reels for me. Um, it does make me the rotten. Um, I would rather watch this movie than a lot of other animated movies. Um, there's a lot of stuff my kids watch that I would, I I'd leave the room when they have it on. Um, (laughs) this would not be one of them as much as I have some, some problems with some of the things um, this is not a movie that if they want to watch it, that I'm like, Nope, daddy's piecing out. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to do one of those uh, famous uh, dad napping on the couch during a family movie night kind of thing. Like, which by the way, if you've never caught a, a movie nap before uh, when you're watching stuff with your family, you don't know what you're missing. They're excellent. Uh, this is not one that I fall asleep during. Um, I, I actually do enjoy it, but it's 3.25. I, I was guessing you were getting from the beginning of the episode. I thought you were going to give it three and a half. So I was, I was close. <laughs> All right. I tell you, sometimes I wake up to take a nap. They're, fan- <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, fan- they're fantastic. Yes. Oh, my wife is the same way. She has this. I wish I had it. I accidentally deleted it from my phone. This, this like quote she has on her phone that says, you know, Sometimes I just get in bed because it's my favorite place to be and not really to sleep, but just because I'm in bed and I'm happy because I'm in bed. Like she, <laughs> she is, she is yep. one of the hardest working people I've ever met. She teaches group fitness classes at the gym. Like she works out twice a day, almost every day. But when she gets home, it's like straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Ren, I don't know what I had to do with anything, but now we can actually conclude the episode. <laughs> uh, thank you again. We'll end it there for the actual conclusion. <laughs> So if there's nothing else to mention, we'll kind of close out here. What a great episode. Yeah, like I said, I'm always 
a little bit apprehensive, like, oh, no, is Fallen just going to be a total train wreck where, like, no one has anything to say? And then it's always <laughs> rewarding to see the things that I have to say, but also to listen to the things other people have to say. So thank you, both of you, for joining. Thank you for everybody who has been listening to these episodes. Again, there's a chance for you to win any of these movies, including this one, um, or any of the others that happened during the Animation Hall of Fave 2. You can simply leave a review on podchaser.com slash thebasementbench. Additionally, go subscribe to Matt Goes to the Movies um, because very, very soon there was going to be a great group of episodes that you're not going to want to miss where we're going to somehow manage to go through <laughs> the 100 top, our top 100 video games. I, I have been procrastinating making a list. We're, we're recording in like, what, two days? I if procrastinate this list so much, but it is an episode that I'm genuinely looking forward to so much. Um, so if you haven't already checked out Matt Goes to the Movies, well, one, shame on you. Go check out Matt Goes to the Movies. <laughs> but definitely be ready for that episode because it's it's going to be great. So uh, anything else that either of you would like to add about Matt Goes to the Movies? Uh, submit your lists. Uh, all the different social media channels that you can find Matt Goes to the Movies on, please, by all means, submit your lists or even your favorite series. Even if you like if you're not somebody who can can rank the Final Fantasy games or Legend of Zelda, I mean, man, what a what a crazy string uh, of ups and downs that you get with those series. Um, even just favorite series. Send us send us your thoughts. What's your favorite system of all time? You know, which one do you think consistently had the best? What were the best memories you had? What were your first memories of gaming? All of these things we'd love to hear from listeners as we as we do the show. Uh, you can find the show on LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn. Jeez, that's probably the only one it's not on. Um, you can find it. That would be kind of fun, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can find it on all of them. And uh, you can certainly find it at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. You can email your thoughts in that way. Yeah, I, I do want to add one one thing to that, and that's if you're listening to the basement binge, uh, Harrison, I certainly don't want to speak for you, or you're you know you come over and you're listening to Matt goes to the movies, whether it's an episode I've done by myself with Rob or me, Rob and Harrison, or me and Harrison. Um, and when we talk about email the show, go on social media, leave a comment. Um, if you're the person that's like, oh. I'm not going to do that because they won't like they're not going to answer or like, no, like be the person that does. Um, we've had a lot of great interactions. Um, at least I, I know I have based on people, um, you know, responding. Rob, I, I can think of in Harrison when we did Star Wars, there were a lot of comments on the Facebook page um, with people who, you know, disagreed with you know some of the rankings where the prequels you know based on the age you know the age group that you grew up in the the prequels are your movies where the original trilogy um but it's always fun like none of us are here to sit here and say um oh well because you like this movie you're wrong I, i'm i'm always curious as to why somebody you know like particularly maybe i don't like something so if you're the person that's like hesitant like oh i i'd like to reach out to the show or i'd like to leave a comment but i'm not going to because oh they're not gonna like they wouldn't respond or like like no like leave that comment um the whole reason the three of us are here is because i decided to respond to a comment from <laughs> harrison um like harrison reached out when i first started the show 
um, if I remember exactly. And I was like, I literally had the thought of, oh, like, oh, that was really cool. But like. Uh, maybe I won't respond. And I was like, no, like, hey, like, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Like, what's going on? And over a year and a half later, the, the three of us are here. And we've mentioned this many times, but the three of us text each other about everyday life or see, you know, see what's going on. So like we developed a friendship because of, Oh yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for reaching out. That was really, you know, that was really nice of you. Maybe we can collaborate on something in the future. And here we are. Yeah. Very, very true. I, there, I was just going to add that there are a few things that bring me more excitement than seeing someone has messaged me or emailed me or, or, interacted in some way with the basement binge where I can then interact back and like start a conversation because when as you the two of you know when you record an episode like you talk into a microphone and then just like send it out to whoever and there's not a lot of uh, feedback that comes back and forth and so being able to have an exchange with people is is something that excites me the most when it happens so I I co-sign everything that was just shared because it I completely agree just to attack one more thing on, there is a ton of work that goes on behind the scenes to produce these episodes. Um, you know, just, you know, managing the social media feeds, choosing the episodes, rewatching feature length films like multiple <laughs> times a week is an incredible investment of time. Um, Harrison scripts out a lot of his, uh, episodes, you know, I, I, when I'm hosting with my brother, you know, I do a lot of writing, Matt just turns his computer on and talks cause he has no notes at all whatsoever. <laughs> cause he's a cyborg. <laughs> he is. Um, but you know, running the social media, posting on social media, posting, you know, adding in post-production, there's actually a lot of hours. Um, you know, this show is going to end up being right around an hour and a half or so by the time, um, it, it streams into your earballs. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, of work that goes into before the episode records, actually recording the episode. And then and then once it's done, there's still a lot of work left to do. Um, and and I know and I'll just go ahead and speak for all three of us. We are happy to do that. You know, we are very happy to bring this to you. Um, something really easy that you can do to say that you like something or dislike something or agree or disagree is uh, go to Podchaser, leave a review. Costs you nothing, absolutely nothing. Maybe, possibly, 30 seconds of your time is all it costs you to uh, give a little bit of feedback to content creators that put a lot of time in to uh, bring you episodes like this, which, again, are a blast to do, totally a lot of fun. Uh, but if you've enjoyed this episode, any episode you've heard on either The Basement Binge or Matt Goes to the Movies, it costs you absolutely nothing at all to leave a like on an episode that gets posted, leave a comment, uh, or leave a review on Podchaser or any of the many places you can download podcasts and rate and review them. Yeah, thank Rob, you have a way of saying that that I just could never. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Yeah, it it really is something that I love to do, but it it helps out the show a ton. Additionally, when producing content, I want to produce content that is enjoyed by the people that are listening. So. Mm -hmm. Reviews help me know, hey, people didn't like that. People did like this. Um, so yeah, it it helps more than I could express, but Rob adequately did. So <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you again, both of you, for joining. I know it's very, very late for you. And Matt, I'll let you get back to your hot chocolate and Luxon marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, actually, how did I not mention this entire episode? Right before we started, Matt, 
gets delivered to his desk a cup of hot chocolate with Lucky Charms marshmallows in it. Like, one, that's just great that it was delivered. Uh, but two, uh, why have I never thought of that? Yeah, I, I'm over here living my best life. <laughs> you, you need to get yourself some basement binge groupies to to take care of that stuff for you. <laughs> so I'm very very curious though. Was that like something that you came up with, or did Jen come up with it? Like like. So um, actually, I was grocery shopping at Tops. A side end cap said two for four dollars, and you know, eight boxes later. I'm still going strong. <laughs> that's great. That's, so, what, that's what happens when you give a child adult money. Yes. yes. Ex- right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I, I mean, these guys can see it. Listeners, uh, you can't cause it's just audio, but yeah, I don't spend my money on adult things. Like they're looking at a whole bookshelf of toys in the background of what, <laughs> what you know, when we're talking. Um, yeah, I, adult money is you know (laughs) if there was a toys r us still in my area i'd be there at least three times a week oh yeah matt matt is a an adult only in the legal sense yeah Um, (laughs) so yeah in fact when you leave a review mention how tasty your hot chocolate and lucky charm marshmallows are because i know what i'm going to be trying a bit there it is give it a shot if you have not yes yes so again, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Matt and Rob. I can never say enough. I'm looking forward to recording this uh, video game ranking for Matt's show and then finishing out this trilogy here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So great episodes coming here at the Basin Binge. Also, Matt goes to the movies. But thank you again, everybody, for listening. Thanks for enjoying Animation Season. If you didn't know, if I hadn't said it enough, this is Animation Hall of Fave Volume 2 here at the Basin Binge. And that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.